feel this place. I don't want to be here. It's too much for me. So I'm going to try to check out. Yeah. And every one of them failed. Now I have questions about my performance, except in one drug addiction. Now I know I took my drug, the drug addiction as far as you could take it. I would match my drug addiction to any spiritual devotion in all the annals of scriptures, like Hanuman, the Monkey Man, and all them. I was right up there. I gave everything to drugs. I gave everything of yours to drugs. I did everything. I was a prostitute at the feet of those drugs. Yeah, and I realized it, you can't transcend this place. It's just impossible. Now, why? If you stop taking the attention off of you and self-centeredness, maybe you'll look at the system. You cannot get out of something you're not in. Yeah, it's impossible. You can't leave what you've never been in. Oh shit. So, in other words, it's not my inability, it's not my lack of some inherent worth that makes me bad. It's none of this bullshit. It's the fact is, I'm trying to apply solutions to an imaginary problem. So what, what alcoholism AA allowed me to do is let what I was really trying to make unreal, my, a lot of my life, let it be real as it wanted to be. When I let it be as real as it wanted to be, it showed me its true nature, not my nature. And its true nature was it's not real. Yeah? It can provoke a lot of this and a lot of that, but it's not inherently real. So, okay, instead of constantly trying to shoo off the birds off my little branches, let them land, man. Let them land, and then they take off freely, never to return. Yes? <laughs> And this is the truth. This is how it appeared to me. This is how real relief started to occur. And then when the solution, or whatever you want to call it, dawned on me, I realized from the solution point of view, the problem is imaginary. From the problem point of view, you really want to make it look imaginary, but it's going to be as real as it can be. If you're making it try to look like it's imaginary, it ain't successful. It's going to be as real as it can seem to be. You can't fake it out. You can't philosophize it. You have to see it. Really, you have to see it. Now, an invitation can be helpful. Repetition of invitation, I find, can be very helpful. But the seeing of it is really the immunity. Yeah? It's when you see it, you'll have some immunity. Now, will you have immunity to the trials and tribulations of a body? No. You'll be more present than ever. You'll really actually feel all of the conditional reactions that this mitt of conditionality catches with every ball. You'll feel it. I mean, deeply. You'll sense it. You'll be conscious. Well, your whole life, your answer was to be as unconscious as possible so you won't get hurt. Yeah? You'll be incredibly conscious, and you'll see things as blue is blue and red is red. Things become clearer. You don't get a free pass here. There's no person who's ever going to get a free pass here. The body has its has its uh, world, in a sense, yeah? Stimuli and reaction. And there's going to be things that are going to happen with the body. Emotionally body, energetic body, a lot of bodies. And you're going to be aware of it, yeah? Because you are the awareness, yeah? So when it's promised that everything's going to be great, I don't believe that. Yeah? Everything is just going to be everything. And the truth is, the solution is nothing. (laughs) 
So you'll be able to travel lighter through everything in the realization inherently it's nothing. But when you try to make the everything nothing, that's making it something. That's everything again. You cannot get out of the little Chinese thumb puzzle. There's no freaking way. I don't care how slick you get with your understanding, all that activity is still stuck. It's just the way it goes. That's my feeling about it. So I've lost an incredible amount of interest in the need to be liberated. I'd much rather look at like a, at a Yankee blog than any scripture right now. New York Yankees. I'd rather follow their them than I would a scriptural context. Because to me, my mind loves that stuff. It thinks it has value, which is a big mistake. <laughs> There's a whole black market trying to exchange understandings, yeah, but you can't exchange vision. Vision is vision, yeah? There's no understanding needed. The understanding plays a role until that becomes dominant. That's where the understanding lies. And the understanding is good to sort of in, invite people because the male slots of all of us is what greets every bit of male first. Actually, it's not true, but the, what we're conscious of is the conceptual invitation. So everyone gets the envelope and they read the invitation. When they open it up, the real message comes out, which is nothing. Yeah? You're left with yourself. That's that. A message is worth its salt, if that's what it does. If you walk in here with nothing and you leave here with nothing, this has been a very valuable activity in my book. If you leave here with something, I'm sorry. <laughs> because you're going to be stripped of it sooner or later. <laughs> and it can verge on the level of insanity very easily. You do skirt the issue. You skirt cross the line very much now. <laughs> because uh, we're in cahoots with this way this place looks. We're in total cahoots with it. We're not something that, that something else is imposing on us. It's not the case. There's dreaming going on. And uh, I don't believe there's a dreamer. But let's say from hence... From whence the dreaming is issuing from, you, maybe you can use this location to look back from. Because you're the dreamer here, in a sense, yeah? You're in cahoots with the way things are. Because they're appearing that way to you. You has a big role in it. Yeah? The seeing is the eye, but the how it appears is, is has a lot to do with you. Or actually me. The me. Yeah? When the you... It's, we're all included in that pack. I know some of us hate to think that. You know? mm-hmm. want to be special from the herd, but we're all yous here. Yeah? But every you here has a very strong uh, like a mental bump called the me. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Which is, it sort of exempts us from every any connection because there can be billions of yous, but there's only one me. You know, it's mind-boggling. And yet there's no evidence that there's a me whatsoever. Yeah? So I was driving over here and I was thinking, there's really only two like um, possibilities. Either the brain is producing the consciousness, yeah? And part of that consciousness would be, let's say, an aspect of awareness. Or awareness is moving through the apparatus and facilitating this movie. Yeah? 
if I believe I'm conscious as me, then I'm going to make awareness, let's say I have an idea of a bigger awareness, but that will be a thing to me, yeah? I've already made it something. But if there's awareness moving through the apparatus, yeah, then I would say that in, if there was a linear line of hierarchy, then the awareness would be prior to me. Yeah? And that the only way there can be any recognition of me is by the awareness. Yeah? So that me is never going to be able to recognize the awareness, but it can recognize it's not me and maybe get the hit that it's the, the awareness. Yeah? But if it attempts to travel... For, let's say to this imaginary place from here, it's going to be a long, long road. Yeah? To the hope that I'm one day going to become aware of that. But when you realize you're not this, then there's no road whatsoever. You are right where that the mind put off to be somewhere later at some other time. Yeah, You're right there. And it gets so obvious that you're right there, and it never shifts that you're right there. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what the condition of the apparatus is, you n it never shifts that you're right there or right here. Never. Not one deviation. Not one little blip. It's always ever-present onness. Yeah? Your deepest thought is seen by something. Nothing. Really. The deepest feeling that you could have ever, ever had was witnessed or, or brought to your attention by awareness. Yeah, nothing that's appearing can appear in front of the awareness. Yeah, the awareness, which is contextual, can never become a content to us as the context. Yeah, we're content as this. There's nothing right or wrong with it. That's just we're content. The content is not privy to the context. You're never going to know it. Yeah, and if you try to know it, you're going to be left with a maybe a bag full of a lot of great ideas, but it's inherently the, the, the bottoms up, you know, out. Everything has no application, you know. The vision shows up where the rub that hits the road. It initiates a traveling lighter, and then you know, you learn a lot about it by its roots, you know, by downloads and by the sense of things, and then the vision and things, you get intimations of that presence by its effects. Yeah. And therefore, what you thought to be a content gets more of a sense or more of an emphasis in the context, and this false little paper identification doesn't have to be turned, put on fire or blown away, it just drops. Yeah, And the mind's emphasis shifts from what isn't to what is like a reflective surface of the mind. It stops reflecting what isn't all day, causing it to seem to be what is, and it starts reflecting what is, which there isn't any reflection in a sense. Yeah? The reflection comes from the scene, but there's nothing that's seen. Yeah? So, it's the same mind, it's just how it's turned. Obsession with self keeps it turned to things all day reflecting things all day, our attention and interest going from this pseudo-thing to all the other things in this loop of self-importance, yeah? A very small orbit. You can't get out of it as the object in it, yeah? There's no way. But when this, this, this is the mind that's reflecting all this activity just shifts, it's now seeing nothing, 
which goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And in that scene, it never alights into a thing, so it's never interrupted and turned into an experience. You never see anything. It's just seeing, yeah? When that seeing is happening, it's like they say in the Bible, this is what sort of how it means to me, when your eye is single, your body will be full of light. It's sort of like that. The downloads that happen from that seeing are full of light. That's how it's experienced. That's how that's how it's encrypted is in light, you know, in energy. It's not encrypted in concepts. It's not encrypted in writings. It's not encrypted in language. It's encrypted in just raw info, light. Yeah. So in a sense, when you're seeing nothing, your body—and I'm not saying this body, but what you comprise here energetically and everything like that—that that body will be full of light. Now, if that's the case but you don't know it, what good is it doing in a sense? It's not It's not being applicable to this place, this experience here. And it seems that's our drive. We'd rather see, oh yeah, I love that, that I'm always going to be great, but how about now, you know? Can I, you know, can someone show me how to be more comfortable in my own skin today at 11 o'clock on Saturday? No, no, when you leave here, everything will be bliss. Yeah, but why now? You know, now. And I find that a lot of these satisfactions or drives to be satisfied that are that are yeah, ornamented with ideas of spirituality are the same drive that a drugs addiction produces. You're hoping that something's going to make something better now. Yeah? What would happen if you were satisfied now? All your identification with these drives, the drives may stop very suddenly. You'll be left with your identified pants down, really. And you'll see, it was like the emperor had no clothes. <laughs> it's really like the way, you know. And then you're, <laughs> then where you feel really vulnerable and, and naked, you're, in necessity, the exact opposite occurs. You get filled up, Yeah. And then your interest and attention is going to be redistributed. You know, have nothing to do with it. All you are is an expression format. That's all we are. Something's manifesting through us and it wants to express. Yeah? There's a lot of mental winds that take us over and there's no us that takes over. There's this possibility and they blow. Like addiction for me, 20 years, blew through a life. Yeah? Now recovery's blown through a life for 24 years. It's just different winds. Yeah? We're not a one-win person. We're not, this is who I am. It's baloney. There's no who I am. There's just possibilities, yeah? Mental wins, disturbances of mind, but the mind itself is clear and vacuous, you know? Empty and bright. But the mental wins, yeah, are forms of expression. So you can be an inner face of an expression of mind that can be really, really sweet. And your mind has the ability to reflect it, and it will reflect it. And you'll feel a, a life that you were ready to throw on the on the recycle bin is now a vibrant, you know, satisfied uh, expression. Yeah. You know, in seeing nothing, your attention is captured because it never ends. Yeah? Really. 
no matter what's preoccupying, let's say, my physical condition, the overriding uh, presence is an un, uninterrupted mind seeing into itself, really. I don't know how better to ex- express it. Just a seeing, a crisp, clear seeing that never lights on to anything, so it never stops, it never started. Yeah. All the while, all the stops and started are noted, and all the events and experiences that are triggered with this event occur. And yet, at the same time, because this is timelessness, yeah, the same in the state of timelessness, mind is just seeing nothing. Yeah, it's nice to have a little of that influence here. It is. It's the most uh, reliable thing I've ever come across because it's not a thing. It's no thingness, you know. I didn't come across it, but, you know, language is trying to convey something. But you know what I mean? It's the most reliable state I've ever discovered. And I'll tell you, I needed one, big time. I swear. I don't know about yours, but my head was like a roaring lion with only, like, two roars (laughs) all day. It's going off when I was young, all the way to, uh, every time I shot drugs, I wanted to get relief from that, every fucking time. And you can't leave something you haven't been to. <laughs> you can't leave something that's not so. It's, so it's <laughs> and the leaving is subtle, yeah? Drug addiction is an obvious one, but you can learn a lot from drug addiction and alcoholism. You can learn a lot about mind from that, because it's painted with broad strokes. It's easily recognized principles and certain patterns of how conditional mind works. It would be wonderful for people who don't, quote-unquote, who aren't alcoholic or addicts, because you, we all are. We're all addicted to something. Yeah? Most of it is the self, is the mind's addicted to the idea of being a self. And that, to me, is the original addiction. You can learn a lot from watching you know, a life that's gone wild. Yeah. You can learn a lot. You can see the extent of mind. And once you see the principle, you don't need thousands of experiences to verify it. Once you get the principle, like, say, like any life run on self-will is not going to be successful, that's done. Yeah. Yeah? Once you get the principle that self is what has defeated us, that can be done. So the act of surrendering and then taking the back, surrendering, turns into surrender. Yeah? With no thought or effort on our part. It's the mind just leaving a coiled up condition called self-centeredness, you know, like a yogic posture has been in for a long time. So every time it receives, how it's formulated affects what it's receiving more than what it's receiving affects how it's formulated, yeah? You can be receiving the most beautiful message, but if it's held like this, yeah, the message is just going to be another part of the, of the posture or the asana, Yeah? Another ornament that it puts on while it's holding the self-centered pose, yeah? But if it drops the, into the, the idea drops into, hey, I may not be that, then for the mind to entertain that, it unfurls, yeah? It can't entertain it. It doesn't know what to do with nothing like this. It tries. It, you know, I'll use it in relationships, you know, when you flip out and you, your girlfriend says, Paul, why did you do that? Oh, there is no Paul. I didn't do anything. Fuck you, Paul. Clean up the bathrooms. <laughs> you know? So now you try to use it, but it's nothing. It doesn't really work. So then suddenly it's given up and its value sets off. <sighs> same mind, same mind. Same, same mind. The same mind that expressed 
addictively can express peace. Same, same mind. All the possibilities are there. All, all of them. All of them. All of them. Because nothing is the gift that keeps on giving. Nothing. So that's what we do here. We just entertain a possibility and we invite people to do the same. It's not a draft. It's not a conscription. We're not comparing ourselves to anything else. We're like selling cod, you know. If you like salmon, go get salmon, you know. <laughs> We're not saying... If, when we say, hey, you want to try cod, doesn't mean don't eat salmon, you know what I mean? Or it's better... I'm not saying it's better or worse. That's all on you. It's just a piece of cod. Grill it, sushi it, try it out. See if it works, yeah? I found this worked for a long, long period of time. And now maybe because with this options, with this dissatisfaction, my mind was giving great meanings to it. Well, it's because um, I'm yearning for my original state. That was bullshit, really. All I wanted was to be satisfied. I wanted to have an ease and comfort here. Really. Seriously. It wasn't a huge drive to go... No. I know enough people who are experiencing tons of demonstrations in spirituality. It's all fucking fireworks. I'm not, I'd rather be attentive to the sky, not the fireworks in the sky. The sky, that big, vast openness, that's what I like. I enjoy that. <laughs> Dog shit awareness, you know? No one recognizes its value, then it's never used. That's the beauty of it, just like in the Tao it says. The wood that's not recognized to be useful has to stay a long time. Once the mind thinks it's useful, it makes it into something, yeah? Yes, check it out. Check it in your own life. Just don't look at it. Look at your mind, what it's done with this message, if you're a pro at it. Just check what it does. Most of the, most of the time it's used to produce more suffering. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now you think you should know better. <laughs> I mean, I understand it, right? and then so now it'd be—it's another form of mentally denying, denying what you're feeling. It doesn't work, yeah. Just maybe question who's feeling it. I don't deny what I'm feeling. I just deny that who's feeling it. Yeah, that's what I deny. And it's not a mental denial. If you want to give it a name, a spiritual denial. It's a more holistic denial that actually works. Yeah, I'm not that. So. Yes. So far, so good. Very subdued. I'm attempting to stay subdued. Paul, if you go back to your grandmother's passing, you see that that was not a big problem because the sorrow wasn't happening to what you really are? You have a separation from that suffering and sorrow of your grandmother? Well, I had a separation before, over time, yeah. So I just used that as an example because I, in my life, I'd never loved anything so purely as my grandmother. Just hey, honey, you made it. You look like you sort of rode a rough horse in limping and stuff. See how she's gone. See, she's gone to any lengths to get here. That's great. Yeah, you know what I mean. I use that as an example because for me, the sense of clean love from a kid to like my grandmother was just God, a goddess to me. So, yeah. And then one day to have that object totally removed, never to be come back, flipped me out, flipped my little head out, like big time. I remember because I was in a, I think I was, I was my teacher was Sister Marie Neal, yeah? So she'd be sitting right where Joan is. 
and I'd be like three, three desks away from her. So I was looking at it directly. And so when I got back from the, you know, my parents and grandmother passing away, she was my teacher the next year, yeah? I was in the same seat, but now when I looked at her, I was miles away. I mean, totally miles away. I had gone, I had withdrawn into the only thing I found I could rely on, which was my head, that narrator up there. Fuck. It's sort of like finding sanctuary in the lion's den. <laughs> it was like, yeah. But I mean, I just was totally, you could tell. It was almost like my lens that was open and wide as a kid just went, <laughs> and just got really tunnel vision, and everything was put off far away so I could have some a buffer and a defense, yeah? It was like living in an encasement from then on. And it was lasted a long time, I remember. I traveled overseas, and it was like I was <coughs> always looking either f- through the aquarium, and it could be on either side. But there was always a thick glass between me and everything else. I was so disassociated. Yeah? So... And when identified as that which was this, uh, let's say, the axis of all that, there was it was logically airtight. This is how it has to be. You've got to defend yourself, and that's the imperative. You can. Have, I went to therapists, and I, after three times, I was therapizing them. I'd be sitting there and saying, "You know, you're fucked," and just get into their heads. <laughs> You know, it wasn't going to work. I'd have to have like a linen therapist to get a little relief. And all this, none of this stuff I did ever worked until I heard this message that I'm not that. And to this day, it's been the last message I've heard. Yeah? I mean, I've heard other messages, but this is the last one. This is the last message. It just became like an unspoken yes. And I, and I finally uh, ex- experienced or what became the expression of the relief of the bondage of self. Not having a great intellectual understanding of the bondage of self, and yet still fucked, but actually being unfucked. Yeah? And that's the real relief from the bondage of self. (laughs) Seriously. You know? The understanding's helpful when it, it isn't in that state. It can be very helpful. But don't mistake the understanding for that state of vision. It's different. Yeah? There's a seeing that that's much more reliable than an understanding. Because what happens if you meet someone with a better understanding? Or a more clear understanding? Then you're always threatened. Or you're shopping, going to this other... Oh, I really like their understanding. And then you're starting to compare understandings. Yeah? But the vision... The vision is incomparable. The vision is what meets the rubber in the road. So that's where it works. You know, I'm having a situation. You know, everyone goes through situations where an understanding would be like, it looks like from afar when you're in a retreat and it's all safe, like a very strong encasement, you know, rock hard cement foundation. But watch what happens when you're traveling with it. Does it hold up all the time? No. Yeah? No. It's actually, it it's actually becomes part of the baggage when you're traveling. Instead of like a, 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 like a sail catching some momentum, it's just something you're constantly carrying. It's another added weight. Yeah? 
Maybe it's in a gold bag, you know, with some Tibetan tassels on it, but it's the same, same, it weighs just as much as everything else that you carry. Yeah? This is like becoming economized. Oh, my zip is open too. I don't want to get too economical there. Economized, pared down, yeah, just traveling lighter. Able to stay in the moment because you can't be out of the moment, yeah? Realizing it's pointless to try to get out of self because you can't be in self. Yeah. The great one is though realizing you don't, you can't get into the moment any more than you're in, <laughs> because you can't be out of the moment. It's an impossibility. You and the moment aren't two. <laughs> yeah, there's the moment, and I would, I really would hazard a guess that if you weren't there, there wouldn't be a moment. <laughs> so I would say. <laughs> it's, I think it's past being symbiotic. There ain't two. There's just the moment. <laughs> yeah. So how the hell is the moment going to get out of the moment? <laughs> so then why are we trying to get into the moment? <laughs> Maybe you gave up the impossibility of getting into the moment. You'd feel like you're really in the moment. <laughs> I don't know. It worked like that with me. And then the whole drive to get out of self, you go to groups that their point is, oh, they recognize that self isn't really good, let's say. It's, it's not moral, really. It's just, uh, it doesn't work well. It's a failed system. All right? So they want to get out of self. But they talk about it all day. <laughs> they're always talking about self. Yeah? In other words, they're really in self, talking about getting out of self. <laughs> you can't get out of the, the puzzle. That's the point. You up. Drop the fucking rock. You ain't getting out. You're not. You're not going to be here when it gets good. No way. No way. You're not getting enlightened. You're not waking up. You're not realizing a fucking thing. <laughs> You're just a mode of expression. That's all we are. Mind's expressing through this apparatus. It allows it to function here and participate. But this has very little say in the matter. <laughs> <laughs> I find it a great relief. I don't know. Just like, yeah. It's not like you put the rock down and then you watch it, see if, what's going to pick it up. That's not putting the rock down. You put the rock down and then there you go. Walk away. The only way you'd be drawn to look back is if it's your rock. <laughs> if it's your rock, you'd be, oh, I sort of missed that rock. <laughs> it allowed me to drown quicker when I joined. <laughs> no, you just walk away. <laughs> Here goes nothing. <laughs> That's right. So, got to stay calm today, yes. Anyone else? Any other things? Any questions today? I probably don't fa- you know, compare favorably to others, really. I don't. Because you're not, I don't give a shit. I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> I really don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm ready to stop doing these talks today. Because, you know, it's just. <laughs> when I was young, I really thought I was, I was helping. <laughs> I, don't, I question that now. <laughs> You've got to have it really. It's got to be really clean to be helpful, I find. 
He goes, mind, like that guy Trump Prime Rinpoche said, you know, whatever mind comes in contact with, it'll take advantage of. Yeah? Mm. And I'm sorry to say, I, that's been my observation, too. Yeah? Not something I just believe in. I've watched, and it, it rings true. Yeah? No matter how lovely it is, when we get our little dirty hands on it, you know what I mean? We can make it into something. Yeah? <laughs> really. I'm always surprised how Augie keeps coming. My friend Augie. I just, I'm amazed. He's just, you just love me, Augie, that's all. That's the only, that's the yeah, yeah. But if I face bad news, yeah. my grandmother, whatever, uh, the way to travel lighter through that is to see that that problem is not really my problem. Well, to see it, because, obviously, because if, if you follow a couple of, let's say, axioms, from places I like, like the Course in Miracles, where they say a simple statement that you and I give everything all the meaning it has. Now, that's a workable understanding, yeah? It's just applying an idea so that when you look at your day, you have to admit, even on the most obvious level, there's a subjective experience happening, that Marianne and I may do the same thing, but we'd have a different experience of it based on the meaning the mind would give it. Yeah, it's an obvious experience. Even like secularism sees that that it's a subjective experience. There was a great book by Marquez, Gabriel Marquez, where there's a murder in South America and he writes the book and there were seven eyewitnesses. So he writes from each one of their points of view and they all have a different story of the same event they saw. They saw a murder, yeah? But each eyewitness, it was different than the other eyewitnesses. Just for me, it was a symbolism of this subjective experience that we're in here. So if you look at that, all right, there's a subjective experience happening. Then maybe take it a little bit further and entertain this statement from the Course, which is you and I give everything all the meaning it has. So that's why it's a subjective experience, yeah? Is because you and I give everything all the meaning it has. So we're experiencing that, and so we call it a subjective experience, and there's, a, there's an understanding then of the experiences we're all having, which is, hey, you and I are giving it all the meaning it has. Oh, so that's why when I do something and Deb does something, we have a different experience of it, let's say, because the mind's giving it a different meaning. Oh, okay, that's helpful, yeah? So then what was personal is seen to be impersonal. And I'm telling you, the personalness is the glue, Yeah? The excessive personalness, the excessive specialness, the excessive interest in anything because it's about you, that's where most of the weight of every event's coming from. Not from the event itself, but the you that thinks it has the event. Yeah. So what would happen? We can't change a lot of our events here. You know, there's going to be a, there's like a, a terrain of the destiny of this action figure. You may get fired and get cancer and this stuff will happen to the body, yeah? And the brain may get Alzheimer's, whatever, yeah? But what you can do, if you take your eye off of trying to change things out here and look at who is it, then maybe you'll get a lot of relief because in all of those things, there's one one that's in relationship to them all, yeah? You, you, you. Just like it was a simple recognition when I looked at my relationships uh, with females, and I'd say basically they all failed, and then I looked at, well, what's the one constant in all of them? It was me. I mean, it was 
very it was inescapable that I was a major player in the experiences I was having with all these different women. It wasn't like I got the same woman 20 different times. Yeah. No, but there was the same me that thought he had the woman 20 different times. Oh, all right. Yeah, ding. Oh, I'm going to, instead of, okay, let's withdraw if you think you can. I'm going to put a little attention over here. Okay, so you and I give everything all the meaning it has. Okay? So the you seems to be really important to the meaning that's happening that I'm just conditionally reacting to. This is the action figure. Okay, can there be a change in this point? Yeah? Yeah? Can there be a change? Well, maybe I can question it. Am I that idea of Paul that seems to be vaguely, uh, like, umbrellaing everything I do, this feeling of being Paul, yeah, this sense of ownership, doership, like that. Maybe, perhaps, I'm not that. All right, so what would happen, and this is my experience with it, if I'm not that, what happens is the mind starts giving different meaning to things, yeah? Because it's not having to give the basic meaning from self-centeredness to everything. How does this relate to me all the time? There's other ways of mind that aren't based on self-centeredness. They're based, let's say, on centeredness, but not of self. So now, streams of new meaning is given to the same events that you used to have. Yeah? And you're perceiving them from the same conditional eyes, but the reactions are different because what you're reacting to seems different. Yeah? So then you see the folly that anything is authentic here. You see that it's all structured. It's a, it's, it's a construction Aha! Uh-huh. So there isn't any one who has an inherent sense of anything. No. Yeah? There is just wherever the mind is lying, that's what's gonna where it's gonna express but from. Yeah? And then you as an action figure, you're not privy to the blueprint room. You're privy to this consequential room. In other words, you're having the experiences of the mind's meaning. Yeah? And the funny thing is, if you look at it for a while, and you see, okay, you and I has given everything all the meaning it has, let's make it a little bit step. Maybe the sense of me is a meaning the mind has given. So I may get that I'm given everything the meaning it has, but I don't. maybe I don't get that this feeling of me is a meaning that mind gave also. Yeah? In other words, I'm not the Alpha and the Omega. I'm not the distribution point. <laughs> I thought I was the center of activity. Alpha and Omega, everything goes through me. Maybe this is a false flag operation. (laughs) Maybe this feeling of you, or me, is a meaning mind's giving. And this meaning is that I'm giving everything else the meaning. (laughs) Its meaning is authorship. Its meaning is doership. Its meaning is being the one who's conscious. These are meanings mind has given we're starting from a point in the dream of mind. We're not at the dreaming point. We're at the dreamt part. Most of our conscious awareness starts here. It's not starting here in mind. It's starting in contrived mind. Yeah? And then we want to seek, we want to go back there, let's say, but we want to go back there as this. Yeah? Why not just see you're not this, and you may not have to go back there. You may realize you never left there. There's no need to go back. It doesn't take any time when you realize you've never left. 
to get back. It doesn't take any time. It's like instantaneous. You realize you never left. There's no time to get back to. It's a thing. <laughs> it vibrates. The mind recognizes that vibration. It may forget for a while, or it may not. It may just stay in that vibration. But if it forgets, it's always going to go back. Because that's an unforgettable vibration. Yeah? It may play in the folly for a while, but it will know better. Just like they say, it's terrible to go back out to drink because now you have a, a bottle, fear, bottle full, uh, stomach full of beer but a head full of AA. It ruins your drinking. Well, in the same way, a recognition starts ruin, ruining the selfing. You know what I mean? You just can't take everything so seriously anymore. <laughs> because it is really a drama king and queen. It wants to huff and puff and make mountains out of mole—I mean, mo- out of molehills—and just unbelievable. It really does, because that's how it gets a sense of relevance, you know. And even when you entertain the absence of self, you think it would be so great if the self was absent. That's just another reflection of self. <laughs> that oh, I'm so great, I could really fuck up your whole life. And therefore, if I was missing, everything would be great. No, it's not the case. You know? A lot of stuff goes on just like it was going on. But now, there's awareness as, not awareness of a Paul, but awareness as. Yeah? And I like the change. It seems to work, though. Well, so I might, just see, I might start to see that goddess was just meaning I was given, and the big tragedy was just meaning I was given to her death. I'm just blowing it out of proportion. Yeah, for sure. Well, you're blowing everything out of proportion. But what that means has to do with you. Blowing things out of proportion, we do all day. But when it it's the meaning, when it's about you, then it can have a whole lot of meaning, blowing things out of proportion, yeah? Like, this is really going to fuck everything up. No, it ain't, probably. But the meaning you give it is, yes, this is really going to fuck everything No, it won't. Sunday will probably appear. Yes? People will be doing their business. Hey, I just told people this terrible event. No one's calling me. (laughs) They're busy walking their dogs and dealing with their situations. Yeah? You know, you're not going to get much airplay. (laughs) Everyone is very consumed with their own affairs. (laughs) Yes, Jim, I see that hand back there. When your grandmother's death is a powerful story, to me... That would represent the great... When she lived, there was no separation. When she died, there was a great separation. Yeah. And never ended. Well, once you feel separation, you have to defend it. Life then became, in a way, an attempt to remedy that separation. Well, yeah. And that's what we talk about today. That's right. Trying to get reconnected with something other than ourselves. I know. See, once there's separation, then defense becomes essential, yeah? Vulnerability isn't seen as a way of life. It's seen as a, as a, a very bad a strategy, in a sense, yeah? You've got to sort of have a harder shell on or you're going to get really hurt. Yeah, yeah, a lot of strategies come up. Because the mind's taking itself to be in control, you know? It's you, and so it's trying to run the show. And you know how good it does that. It sort of sucks. Yeah. If you just look at a simple example, let's say you were looking at, you wanted to have someone deliver something to you. 
and uh, you called their office and they were late, yeah? What would happen if you called a place that every time they delivered, they delivered on time? Would they need any excuses? Would they need to have any rationalization why they didn't deliver it? Because they always deliver it, yeah? Would they need Would they need to blame the traffic for stopping them? No, because they always deliver, yeah? Any system that's failed, you can see it in this one system of self-centeredness that has a lot of excuses and blame and rationale. It's just sign of a failed system. It never delivers the goods, yeah? It's idea of protecting you from something is worse than what you were protecting yourself from, isn't it? Really? It's a failed system. It has no wisdom. It doesn't see any past its nose. It doesn't learn from history. It really doesn't. It ha- it's a failed system. And uh, when you take yourself to be the center of the system, it's impossible to entertain really being free from it. You entertain being free as it, which is another part of the system. It keeps you locked in. It takes, let's say, what you would call a noble drive and, and distorts it and mutates it into another form of bondage. It can, you know, it has that ability. But if I'm not that, then my, my mind, this is exactly what happened, really. I had a big enough download that I, there was, I used to do a uh, workshop in AA where I had to go over how it works every Monday night. And there was a lot of things that they speak about self in that chapter, you know. And when I read the book, and that word self, I saw it, a whole new download arise than I'd ever had when I used to see that word. And I saw it distinctly as a foreign installment, you know, or as a parasite. As soon as my mind saw it as not it, it could entertain being free of it, yeah? If it keeps entertaining that it's it, all of its entertaining of freedom is another form of bondage, or it can be another form of bondage, you see? The whole point is, you can't be free as it, but you can be free from it, because you have never, or will you ever be that. You're not that, yes? No matter how much the mind wants to be a self, it can never fulfill the mission. Yeah, because you are already of, of a nature, not of self, not of thingness, yeah? And that can't be obliterated by all the mental activity of acting like you're a self that you don't want to be or trying to be one that you think you're not. All that, like it's like a giant slinky just all day trying to become something or unbecome something. Yeah? It's fucking, it's a form of slavery. It is. It's a form of slavery. Now, you know, the mind can be more free-range-like. It can sort of roam. Your interest and attention isn't addicted to self, so it has a it has a freedom now to go where it likes. Yeah, sniff out other places, go around, and then it's not stuck in the self lens and it loop. It doesn't have to always come back to you. It can just get dispersed. Yeah, and maybe when it doesn't come back, you get a sage, you get a sense of your real size. Yeah, your attention goes out, and that's like an arm of what you are. It doesn't have to come back to this thing, yeah? You start sensing the uh, field of awareness, and you are that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty sweet. So. As you would put it, quite liberating. Quite liberating. Being li- liberated from the need to be liberated. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Really. Because self is a need to be liberated. Don't. 
Self really needs to be liberated. <laughs> it really does. I mean, but we can't. <laughs> self can't get out of self. <laughs> Nothing to fix. <laughs> How can self get out of self? <laughs> it's a mental process. <laughs> if it, if, if, how can a product of a process ever leave the process that's producing it? It's a constant appearance. There's no thing. It doesn't exist. It just appears to exist to us. <laughs> when you, I hit my head and I'm surfing, really get really bad. I shut off my nervous system. Yeah. Now, the part of the brain that was producing self got shocked. And just like everything else shut off, there was no narration. My mind was totally empty for about until my nervous system kicked back up in my brain. And I was luckily I was floating on my back, I would have drowned. I couldn't move my arms and my legs. And my whole system, like the computer, had, had uh, shut down, just crashed. And there was no voice about what had happened yet or anything. There was nothing going on. There was no uh, voice recognition of the event. It had, because it's part of the brain. <laughs> it's not you. The brain, if the brain took a, a sufficient force, you, the thing that's driving you crazy would stop. And the funny thing is, what continues when it stops? What's there when its activity stops? What's there when its activity stops? I've had it happen in a physical experience when getting that severe concussion and my, my nervous system broke down. There was no voice, no thing, and everything was fucking bright. The awareness was unencumbered, man. The, the vision of this place was bright as hell. I was just laying there, and things were like fucking framed in gold. Because <laughs> couldn't move. There was no voice going off. I just like... In suspended animation, but there was something there, and eh? there was nothing that's there. That's always there. This is an appearance in that. You don't have that. <laughs> this is an appearance in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what is it when you stop that continues? Check it out. So Paul, it just hit me that since self can't get out of self, yeah. what entertains it's not self must be from beyond self. Well, actually, you use the poison for the antidote. So, self questions self, yeah? And then, in a way, they negate each other. And there's, then there's that sense of space, and that's, that's what you are. That sense of space isn't entertaining, it's not that. It's download in understanding is you're not that. It's just entertaining what it is, which is not that. <laughs> but it's not entertaining, it's not that, yeah? It's, it's, enough, it's more than enough to be entertaining itself, yeah? You know? No, you don't. Know, well. If self can't get out of self, what's entertaining that is not self? No, it's not. See, what's entertaining is not entertaining, it's not self. It's just entertaining. Yeah? But you say entertaining, that I'm not that. I'm That's not right. Self, so, what's entertaining? Well, find that out. Ask that question. That's, that's the nothing. No, see, now you gave an answer. That's not it. Let the question lie. Yeah? Isn't there a pause when a question erupts? Why not just dive into the pause instead of pulling the, the rail of an answer to come out of the pause? Yeah? It's like jumping in a pool and then wanting to get out right away. 
You said the question, jump in the pool, stay in there a while. See if you can sink or swim. Yeah, so oh, nothingness, but that's learned, yeah? When you say nothingness, isn't it? It's, a, it's an idea, nothingness. What does that soothe? How's that going to do at 3 o'clock this afternoon? It's not going to fucking travel. You know? No, that state of I don't know is a beautiful state of mind. Yeah? And I don't know, you definitely, you're relegated to finding out. And finding out is another form of knowledge. Much better way of learning or understanding anything is to find out than to know. Yeah? Know is empty in a way. It's, it's actually, I believe, has a neutering effect. But finding out, you can, you can, you're open to, to to get the breadth and depth of things. Yeah, if you're willing to find out. Yeah, knowing it is sort of like to me boxing things in, and then you can just put them away. Now I know, I know nothingness. Yeah, like Ramana says a beautiful statement. I believe we did. To know God is to be God. That's such a beautiful way to make. So to know God is to be God. What has, what does the mind do with that? The mind, the conditional mind to know God is to be a knower of God. Again, the emphasis is never on God, it's always on you. Yeah? So now you're special because you know God. Yeah? You're not special at all, that's being God. Yeah? You're really special when you think you know God. You're really not special when you are God. <laughs> yeah? You know? It's like different currencies. Here, what is special on this other level is not valuable whatsoever. Yeah? And what's valuable, let's say, on this other level isn't seen to be valuable here. We walk over it all day in the pursuit of it. You know, we're in a, a meeting that supposedly and it, its intention is to pursue that or to entertain it, and yet we're missing it right underneath our nose all day. Yeah? Stop, yes, I'm getting excited. <laughs> it's all you even telling me. <laughs> yes, I must stop.